Hello and welcome to Kaplan's NCLEX PrepCast, brought to you by KaplanNursing.com, which offers prep courses for the NCLEX RN and NCLEX PN examinations. In today's episode, we are going to talk about computerized adaptive testing. And in particular, why does the NCLEX test us this way? How does a computer adaptive test work? And more importantly, how can we as nursing students overcome the challenges of a computer adaptive test and better prepare to take a CAT or a computer adaptive test? And on the podcast today, we have a great NCLEX instructor for Kaplan. And specifically, she has been a nurse, a Kaplan instructor, and an educator for nearly the last 25 years, and her name is Karen Lilliquist, and we are very happy to have her here on the show with us. Hello, Karen. Hi, Matt. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. Thank you for coming on the show, and I always like to ask our guests, especially the first time they come on the show, what first inspired them to become a nurse? So I'm not sure if you remember, if you have a specific moment, uh, but what first did inspire you to go into the nursing field? Well, believe it or not, I was a dietitian first and then went back to school. And, and I think I found that I like working with people. Um, it kind of combines science and art and teaching and, you know, odds are you've, you've got a positive outcome when something, your, your patient can do something new or different or leaves the hospital. So really our, our goal sometimes is to work ourselves out of a job in terms of helping our clients get better. Yeah, and I like that, uh, that merge that you're talking about, about uh, art and science. <laughs> I haven't really heard it put that way before, that it's, but that's true. So very, very cool. And I had no idea that you were a dietitian. I mean, you've hosted a few Facebook Lives for us before, and uh, I feel like I've chatted with you a bit, but I uh, did not know that. That's a great piece of information. I'm going to have to remember that from now on. But uh, I know our topic here today is, of course, talking about the NCLEX and specifically about the fact that it is a computer adaptive test or uses computerized adaptive testing. And so I guess the first question I have before we, we really dive into the particularities and details of a CAT is to recall and remind students the purpose of the NCLEX. So what is really the purpose of the NCLEX? Well, the NCLEX is the, the National Council licensure exam. And so there, there's one for an RN level and there's one for a PN level, um, but we still kind of call it the NCLEX. And it really has one purpose. Um, the goal is to determine if the test taker is safe to begin as an entry level nurse. So it, it's pretty different than any of the tests that you take in nursing school. Um, nursing school tests are knowledge-based. And so we're looking at what did you learn in school? Did you read the books? Did you do the assignments? Um, did you pay attention? And, and so really looking at, did you understand the nursing knowledge? But the NCLEX takes it one step further. It's looking at, can you apply the knowledge that you learned in school? So basically you're tested on how you can use the critical thinking skills um, that you need to be that nurse. Yeah, and that's an important thing, I think, to remember because it sets the stage for why the NCSBN really chose to select a computer adaptive test. And I, I know that when the NCLEX was first 
created, of course, there was not a computer adaptive test. There really was pencil and paper, but has since evolved to this new format. And it all does, you're right, revolve around that understanding that they're looking you looking to have you apply what you've learned in nursing school and determine if you're going to be a safe and effective nurse in nursing practice. So with that being said, I think it's important, we should probably now turn over to really what a computer adaptive test is. So for the student at home who's maybe not really researched too much into the NCLEX or has never really heard of a computerized adaptive test or a, a cat for short, how exactly does a cat work and what makes it different than a paper and pencil exam? So the computer adaptive test or that CAT test, um, the goal is really to identify each candidate's competence by determining the level of difficulty of questions that that candidate can consistently answer correctly. So if you think about a pencil and paper exam, oftentimes you have the same questions given to the same individuals. Um, and making sure that that computer has the same level of difficulty across the board. And because that level of difficulty on a paper pencil test is constant, you end up with a percent correct. And so you can compare your percent correct versus someone else's percent correct and, and make an assumption that you did better or worse. So I guess one of the disadvantages is that's kind of inefficient because everybody has to answer the same questions. So they answer all the easy questions, and for some, that really provides very little information about their ability. Um, another disadvantage of, of the pencil and paper scores is oftentimes they're multiple choice, and so it makes it fairly easy um, to guess, because you've got a 25% chance of getting something right. And when you think about, you know, the goal of the, the NCLEX is to determine if you are safe and effective, um, that multiple choice test maybe isn't the best. What the, well, I guess what the CAT does, um, it's more efficient. So hopefully you may, you, the test taker, may have less questions, answer fewer items that the test can find out what your ability is. And really the computer adapts to how you answer questions. And, and we'll talk a little bit more about that. Um, but it, overall, the computer will change the level of question that it's asking the candidate to narrow down its focus and determine the level of question that that candidate can consistently answer. Yeah, that's a really great description. And the way I always picture, I always picture that graph that we typically see of the computer providing difficult questions, more difficult questions as you get questions correct and the easier questions as you get questions incorrect. And you're right, it really is not necessarily giving students the same number of questions or the exact same questions, but it is, as the title suggests, adapting to your performance. So absolutely, as students are getting more questions correct, it's gonna throw different questions out of its bank to that student that are gonna be more difficult, but also move, it, move that student more into the passing range as opposed to when the student gets, unfortunately, some questions incorrect, 
it'll move that student more into the non-passing range of the exam. And so I know the, the experience of taking a computer adaptive test is very different. And it's, I mean, the NCLEX is not the only exam out there that is computer adaptive, but it is certainly one, of course, that our listeners being in nursing school are going to have to really get used to and, and get familiar with uh, in order to feel confident on test day. So exactly how does the computer determine a student's next question? So each time that that test taker, and, and I refer to that as a candidate, um, every time they receive a question, it's selected from this large pool of items. And there, there are three criteria. So the first criteria is that the test item is taken from a content area that produces the best match to the test plan percentages. So I'll take one step back. Both the RN and the PN NCLEX, it's a standardized test. So what we do know about it is that each of them are made up of eight client needs categories and each of those categories make up a percentage of the test. So we know that candidates have a variable number of questions depending on their ability, but, but the, what is the same is that whether I have 100 questions or 150 questions, about 20% makes up management of care. So, so the, the first thing that the, the algorithm, the test looks at when it's selecting a question is pull a question forward that matches that percent of that of the test plan. Now the second one, the second criteria is level of difficulty. And, and this is kind of what you were getting at. If the candidate answers a question correctly, the next question that they receive is a more difficult question. Basically, I like to say the computer says, okay, so if you could answer that correct, let me give you a harder one and see if you can answer that one correct. And if the candidate answers a question wrong, the next one is easier. And basically what the computer is doing is finding that next question where the candidate has about 50% chance of getting that question right and 50% chance of getting that question wrong. And so for everybody taking the test, the questions aren't too easy or too hard because each of the tests are individualized for that candidate. The third criteria um, is that it will exclude any item that a repeat candidate has seen in the last year. That's really interesting. So, I mean, we talked in the past about students who do repeat the NCLEX, and it's so interesting that the really the SBN, S, SCSBN, can't chat right now, <laughs> NCSBN uh, knows the same candidate and that if they are going to repeat the test, it's not going to present them with the same questions, which is, which is very interesting. But you're right, for those who are even, of course, going to, uh, we hope, study and pass the first time, there are those two other factors that you talk about being the uh, the, the level of difficulty, as we already discussed, and then falling within the blueprint for the uh, 
NCLEX RN or the NCLEX PN exam. And of course, for students who are listening, if you are not too familiar with the blueprint for the NCLEX RN or the NCLEX PN, we certainly do encourage you to, to look it up. But there, we can either find more information at our website, which is kaplannursing.com, or at the NCSBN's website, which is ncsbn.org. So Karen, keeping those three in mind, I know you said earlier that students have not necessarily the same length, right? They can see, they can be taking the exam for different, a different period of time or can even see a different number of questions on test day. So how does the a computer adaptive exam and specifically the NCLEX determine when the student is done? And that will depend the number of questions and the time allotted is different for the RN and the PN. So if you are an RN candidate, you'll have anywhere between 75 and 265 questions. Now of those first 75 questions, 15 of them are experimental. So they don't count for or against the candidate, but you don't know which ones those are. So answer every question as though it counts. Um, Regardless of how many items are administered to the candidate, the time limit for the RN exam is six hours. Now the PN exam is a little bit shorter. There's anywhere between 85 and 205 items. Of the first 85, 25 of those are experimental questions. And the PN student will have up to five hours to take the exam. So with that, within that time frame, it's important to note there's an initial tutorial. It, it, you get a couple sample items so that you get used to the computer or the keyboard, and then any break that you take. And, and candidates, you can take a break at any point in time, but all of those will have to take place within the six hours for the RN and the five hours for the PN. Now, how do we know um, when the test is over? There's several criteria. So I'll talk about four different rules. The first scenario is what we call the 95% confidence interval. And this is really the most common for the NCLEX candidates. So the rule takes a look at that predetermined passing standard. Every three years, the National Council will determine what that passing standard is. It, 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 and really, they look at what our first-year nurses doing. And so they determine what that passing level is. So the 95% confident interval rule uses that passing standard, and the computer stops administering items when it's 95% certain that the candidate's ability is either far above the line of passing or below that line of passing. And so this goes back to the candidate is consistently answering questions above the pass line in order to pass. And so by and far, anywhere between 75 and 264 questions, um, the computer can determine at 95% confidence that it can pass or fail the candidate. Now the second item is if you run out of items. So what happens there is that the candidate who isn't specifically above or below the pass line, 
um, is kind of what we call skirting the pass line. So the, the level of ability is very close to the passing standard. It might go above and it might go below, but at no point is the computer confident whether they should pass or fail. And, and so they continue to get questions. And the RN will go all the way to question 265, and the PN will go to question 205. Now, the interesting thing is, it doesn't matter if you get that last question correct. Um, what the test looks at is, what's the level of difficulty? So if the level of difficulty is above that pass line, the student is assigned a, a pass. And if the level of difficulty is below the pass line, they are assigned a, a fail. So I, I think, you know, we, we tend to get so caught up in numbers. You know, it, 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 what, what percent do I need to get correct to pass a test? And, and the NCLEX isn't about numbers. It, it's all about level of difficulty of questions. So you have to be able to apply that knowledge. Now thinking about that last question, okay, and how the NCLEX works, if I get a question right, the next one is more difficult. So if you think how important question 264 or 204 is, or 263, I mean, you really have to, when, when you think, man, I'm, I'm kind of I'm going the mile here, you really have to settle down in your chair and, and, and be paying attention to those questions because it's not just that last question that's important. It, it's all of the ones leading up to it. Now, the last scenario is if you run out of time and you've got that six hours for the RN or five hours for the PN. And, and again, if you are skirting that line and you don't demonstrate um, competence with that 95% interval, then the test continues to give you questions. And, and when you reach that, that end mark, the test shuts off and then it looks at the last 60 questions, okay? So when you run out of time, it looks at the last 60 questions. Now, if the last 60, it doesn't matter if you get them right or wrong, but if the level of difficulty is consistently above the passing standard, that candidate passes. But if that ability drops below the passing standard even once in those last 60 questions, the candidate is assigned a fail. Wow, that I, I, I've heard that before. It's still so shocking every time I hear it that if you run out of time, and I mean, it makes sense because they definitely want you to keep on pace and be confident with how you're answering the questions, but it's amazing that if you do run out of time within those last 60 questions, if even one is below the passing standard, then it's considered a no pass. It's, it's amazing. But I know that for the majority of students, they are going to fall typically within that first scenario where they are going to get to that point of 95% confidence and the computer's going to determine whether that student has passed or failed, again, with that 95% certainty. So keeping all of these things in mind, going back to, I think we, we touched upon it a little bit earlier, but why does the NCSBN use a computer adaptive test and coupled along with that what are the advantages of a cat over a paper and pencil exam 
we have to go back to the purpose of the NCLEX and that's to determine if, if that candidate is safe and effective. So when you think about that computer adaptive test, um, again, it's pretty efficient. You're gonna answer questions that are at the level of, of your ability. So if you can answer questions that, that truly you're demonstrating critical thinking, you can apply your knowledge to a new situation, it reduces the number of those easy questions that, that the candidate would have to answer. And if you are a candidate that's really struggling, um, content, you've memorized everything, you've used flashcards, you have read every book, but if you can't answer the questions that require you to apply that knowledge, the number of difficult questions that the candidate gets will, will be pretty few. And, and that candidate will probably end soon in the test. Um, so that, that's kind of a big thing, is that the fact that it's efficient. It, it, by trying or by using this, it, it kind of improves the, the precision of how it can measure the candidate's ability. You truly can't guess at an answer. I, okay, you can. Um, but when you think about how the test questions are written, is a, a content level question, a non-passing level question, it, there's one right answer. So you kind of have to know what, what that answer is. Um, a passing level question, because the NCLEX is testing the candidate's ability to discriminate, to determine what's the safest answer, of those that I have available, those real common things, um, the common tests, the common interventions, those things that look familiar, I call those the kind of the shiny penny answer choices, um, they generally are not correct. It, it, it's, you have to think about what do those words mean. And the computer adaptive test requires you to apply your knowledge. So guessing isn't a good strategy. And we recommend to our students that with your knowledge, and your thinking process, you eliminate the answer choices that don't make sense. And, and that's really the way to get to the right answer. So as far as what are the advantages, um, that CAT, the computer adaptive test, kind of, it produces exam results that are more stable, more valid, and it can use fewer items simply by targeting the candidate's ability. And, and truly, the computer is figuring out if the candidate's ability is above or below that pre-established passing standard. And, and every time the candidate answers a question, the computer recalculates the candidate's ability and gives it a new question. It, so it's ever-changing. It, that really increases the security of the exam. Yeah, and you know that when you gave that when you started giving that answer, I actually was thinking there was one thing we haven't really addressed yet about a computer adaptive test. And we're talking a lot about the advantages and even the way that it's structured, but we keep referring to this idea that we have passing level questions and non-passing level questions. And for the student at home who might not be familiar with the difference in a passing level question versus a non-passing question, could you give a little bit, infor little bit more information about the difference between those two, between passing and non-passing, and if you have any, maybe not a specific example of an NCLEX question, but a specific example of how a passing question might be asked versus a non-passing question might be asked? 
Yeah, that's something great to talk about. Um, a a non-passing, well, the NCLEX uses Bloom's taxonomy to kind of assign level of difficulty of questions. And, and what we know from nursing practice is, is that that safe nurse has to be able to make decisions in brand new situations. So when we talk about a non-passing level question, those are basically content-based. You could find the answer in a textbook. And then the lowest level is recall and recognition. And, and even in nursing, I mean, I use recall and recognition. When I take someone's blood pressure, I, I'm comparing it to what I know is normal for an adult. So I'm looking for that blood pressure to be less than 120 over 80. And, and so if you had a test question where you could recognize that as the correct answer, um, that's a recall recognition level question, okay, not passing. The next level is comprehension or understanding. And, and so in nursing school, when you think about the physiology questions, those are written at that comprehension level. And, and think about blood pressure. So if I were able to kind of demonstrate knowledge about a blood pressure, those, the systolic and the, the diastolic number comes from well, circulating blood volume, comes from the, the, the force of the contraction of the heart. We look at cardiac output. So if, if I were really good at physiology, I could answer those questions, but it's not a passing level question. A passing level question is a brand new situation. And in that, um, let's say I'm, I'm a post-surgical nurse and I'm monitoring the blood pressures after surgery. So every 15 minutes I'm, I'm taking the blood pressure. And at the 30 minute mark, the blood pressure is now 70 over 40. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh. So from my knowledge, I know that that's lower than I anticipate. From my understanding, I realize that, well, I've either got a bleeding problem or the heart isn't pumping like it should. And so then I have to think about, well, this client is post-surgery. We've got an incision. Perhaps this is hemorrhaging or bleeding. And what can I do that would be safest for the client? So you're presented situations that you might not have seen in nursing school, most likely you've not seen. And, and that's okay, because again, those passing level questions, they're not written so that you can just pick out the right answer, but they are definitely written that if you're using your critical thinking skills, you can figure out what answer is safest for the client. I think those are that's a really great example, Karen. And I love how you talked about Bloom's taxonomy and that really being the the dividing line between passing and non-passing. And also this fact that, I mean, the examples you gave are really terrific. So anyone who's listening, the examples that Karen gave are perfect for how the NCLEX is structured and the difference really between that non-passing versus passing level questions. And for anyone who's listened to our previous podcast episodes, you might have already heard this, but when it comes to being able to prepare for the NCLEX, of course, below the line being content focused, that's really where that knowledge of nursing school comes in handy. But when we always say the NCLEX is really more about critical thinking and building upon your knowledge with those critical thinking skills, as Karen mentioned, that's really where you're going to see success come from on, on test day is having that critical thinking ability and being able to think through using your knowledge, those, uh, those scenarios like the, the one that Karen uh, presented here. So going back then, Karen, to this idea of a computer adaptive test, what are 
some of the challenges that students are going to face on test day with this type of format? Well, you can't go back and answer a question. So if you're used to perhaps paper and pencil tests in school, um, man, I would mark the ones, I would answer every question, but I would mark the ones I wanted to go back to to double check. And on a computer adaptive test, you can't because how you answer a question determines the level of difficulty of the next one. So there's, there's a little bit more pressure that you have to continue moving forward. Um, we've already talked about the fact that guessing is not a good option because it's not that those frequently, uh, it's not those answers that, that look familiar that are often correct. You, you have to really know something about the condition or about um, the topic of the question to pick that safest answer. And the third thing is there's no partial credit. So when you have questions like the select all that apply or the math questions or the ordered response questions, it, it's either all right or it's all wrong. And, and you have to be very cautious. Take a little bit more time when you're answering those questions. Um, you can get them wrong and then the next question's easier and you're moving towards those content-based questions. Yeah, it's really hard to picture what that's like, but you're right. And it's really different than taking a paper and pencil test. And especially with the fact that you can't go back, that's one of the most, <laughs> I think, anxiety-inducing parts of the exam or the one of the most challenging is that idea that you can't just circle things and go back to them like you might have in nursing school. But it's really, once you commit to something, that's it. And the computer uses that information to determine the level of difficulty in the next question that you're going to see. So it, it is very different, especially in that sense. So uh, keeping that in mind, what can students do to overcome those challenges? Stay calm. Um, one of the things, <laughs> yes, one of the things we talk to our students about is um, kind of self-regulation monitoring that level of anxiety and finding what works for you to keep it at, at a low level. A, a little bit of anxiety is good because it, it gets you sitting on the edge of your chair and it might pique your interest and, and you can maybe answer questions more critically. But if it gets out of hand, then it just can be um, incapacitating. So, so we talk a lot about that, about trying to keep yourself calm. Um, another thing is really to think about the thinking strategies. So again, guessing doesn't work. But if you think back, um, you know, paper and pencil tests, so, you know, forever ago, let's say, um, oh my gosh, 30 years ago, maybe 25 years ago, took the SAT and the, and the ACT. So thinking about college, and one of the things that was told when you find that you're running out of time, guess. Because if you've got an answer in one of those bubbles, um, you've got an, an odds of getting it correct. And so that particular strategy isn't going to work on the, the NCLEX. Because what happens is, well, you guess and you might get the question wrong. And, and so the next one is easier. And if you're going very quickly, and you guess, and you get that question wrong, the next question's easier. And so, in fact, what you're doing is demonstrating a lower ability of, of knowledge than perhaps what, what your true ability is. 
So be very cautious. Um, you know, you can maintain a reasonable pace. And one of those, as you're practicing with NCLEX style questions, you want to make sure, kind of look at about 70 seconds per question. When you find yourself spending two or three minutes on a question, um, that isn't going to work. So you have to ask yourself, how can I change? What am I so focused on that I'm not moving forward? Okay, so maintain a reasonable pace. And the second thing is really to carefully read the question stem and all of the answer choices before you select an answer. You know, the NCLEX writers, they're smart. They know how to distract you. Um, they know how to put in those shiny penny answer choices that look great. But you have to always go back to what's the topic of the question. And if I look at these answer choices, how does it relate to the topic? Is it safe or not? And is there something better that I can find? And it's evaluating one answer choice against the other. Yeah, that's really great advice and uh, definitely things to keep in mind. And I, like I said in, uh, in your first response, it's definitely always important to remain calm. Uh, and we've talked about this in a number of podcast episodes and even beyond that, that really anxiety does typically nothing really positive. I know you said before, kind of it, it piques your interest a little bit and can help you to engage and focus a bit more, but too much of it just can bring you over the edge and is not going to be productive for the exam. So uh, my last question, Karen, really has more to do with the experience of test day and specifically for especially the student listening who has never taken a computer adaptive test and specifically has never taken the NCLEX. What can that student expect in terms of the experience today of taking the test? And is there any other advice you would offer to that student to help him or her better prepare for that experience? Oh, that's a great question. I think the biggest thing to remember is it's your test. And so we often hear from friends that might have tested earlier or um, friends of friends. We hear rumors about what that test is like. And you have to remember that that is only one person's perception. And your experience is going to be different. Your experience is what you make it. And you do want to be prepared. And so the National Council the ncsbn.org website has some great information about testing. And, and that really should be um, go there on the computer, flag that page, bookmark that page, and then continue to go back. Because the more that you know about the test, the more comfortable you're going to be, um, the less anxious you're, you will be. So kind of understanding initially what happens on test day is important. And the National Council has information and the Pearson Testing Center, which is where the test is administered, they also have information. What, what's allowed on test day, what's not. I think students are always um, a little bit amazed when I say, no, you can't have that glass of water next to you taking the test. You can't have your bag of chips. Um, it's you taking that test and that's it. And, and if you think about it, you might be there for five or six hours when you prepare for taking the test, you have to prepare in what I call NCLEX mode. So turn your phone off when you're doing test questions. Don't have um, a drink and snacks next to you. Don't look answers up on the website because on test day, you're not gonna be able to. 
And if you can practice in that particular mode, it makes test day a little bit easier. And I guess the other piece of advice is don't try to outsmart the test. Um, don't look at the questions and say, oh, this is an easier question. Shoot, I must be doing bad. Um, and, or, oh, another select all that apply. Well, man, somebody told me these were content-based. I, I know that I'm doing poorly. Any type of question can be written at any level of difficulty. And I want, give yourself credit. Sometimes questions are easy because you know the structure of the question or they're easier for you because that's an area of knowledge that you have. So I don't, hmm, don't count yourself as passing or not just based on how you're feeling at the time because remember, everybody is gonna feel that this test is hard. And you just have to be in the moment taking that test. And, and you'll know soon enough if you pass or not. But the best preparation is just continue to prepare in NCLEX mode without all those fancy gadgets. And, and so that on test day, you'll be able just to sit in front of the computer and take that test. It'll be just like another practice test. Yeah, that's really great advice. And I think that's also a... Uh... A great positive note to end things on as well. So for those of you listening at home, be sure to, like Karen said, practice in that NCLEX state of mind in that NCLEX mode and uh, go into that exam confident because the, the more confident you are, uh, and of course, the more you have prepared as well, the better chances you have to actually pass the exam. So Karen, I want to thank you so much for uh, coming onto our show and talking about a computer adaptive test and how it works. Uh, I know that, uh, and I'm hoping that the listeners at home have learned a lot that they might not have known before about this test and uh, feel at least a little more uh, prepared, if not knowledgeable, about how to really pass this exam. So uh, thank you very much for coming on our show. And for those of you who are listening at home, uh, there's another great way to prepare for a CAT as well. And especially if you have never taken a computer adaptive test before, I want to share with you that Kaplan has a really great resource for you to try it out. And that is our uh, computer adaptive test for the NCLEX RN. It is truly a computer adaptive exam. And through this product, you actually get three full length practice tests to practice with that are all in the NCLEX style of the exam that are presented just like the NCLEX blueprint that present you with all the types of questions you might see, multiple choice, select all that apply, so on and so forth, and is, again, going to give you not only that experience and will shut off just like the exam at between 75 and 265 questions when it's, once it's determined that you have either passed or failed, but also provides you with reports so that you can go back, take a look at how you did and to figure out what you need to do to better prepare. And more importantly, it's going to give you that real confidence that you know what a computer adaptive test feels like and can go into the real exam feeling a lot more confident and familiar with the structure. So to really learn more about this, I would encourage you to go to our website, which is kaplanursing.com or more specifically, kaplanursing.com slash cat, which is of course slash C-A-T, to learn more about this resource. And as always, if you like our show, please be sure to subscribe in iTunes and to leave us a rating and a comment there as well. And let us know either on Facebook or Twitter or even through email what you would like to see in a future episode of this show. And I want to thank you as always for tuning in and listening to our podcast. And we look forward to seeing you again in a future PrepCast.